I'm a preacher's kid. My father was a career-long United Methodist minister, and I used to tell him that the absolute best preparation I could have had to lead a volunteer membership organization was to be his son, because what I saw him do in churches where he was the pastor was drive people toward a shared cause, a lot of facilitating, and I've realized in my career how much I learned from him. And so speaking of key mentors, uh, my dad tops that list. We all have those people who we look up to and who shape our careers. And that's just a glimpse of what's to come in this episode of BSAE Connections, an original podcast series focused on the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community. Produced by the Virginia Society of Association Executives. I'm your host, Colby Horton, and today we're diving into the art of leadership. Now, as we close 2023, what better time to pause and reflect on our personal and professional journeys and celebrate the accomplishments we've had this year within our organizations? But it's not just about looking in the rearview mirror. It's about preparing for the road ahead. And as leaders, we're tasked with steering our ships into uncharted waters, and that requires foresight, resilience, and a strategic mindset. And we couldn't have a better guest for today's show to help us all usher in the new year with a renewed sense of purpose wrapped around being a strong leader within our associations. Today, we welcome Bruce Whitehurst to the show. Bruce is the president and CEO of the Virginia Bankers Association and serves on the board of the Virginia Society of Association Executives. We've got a lot to cover today, so let's connect with Bruce Whitehurst. Welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Thanks, Colby. Glad to be here. We're glad you're here, too. We have a lot to talk about, really a good conversation wrapped around leadership. You're involved in VSAE very much. You're involved in Association Leadership Virginia. We'll get to a lot of that kind of towards the end of this. But if we could just start with you sharing a little bit about your leadership journey and how you found yourself in a leadership role. Sure. I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up, as with many people. And uh, when I was in college, I got a part-time job as a teller at a bank toward the end of my freshman year in college and stayed there the rest of, of my college years and really liked banking. And so I was given the opportunity to go full-time with the bank when I finished college and went into a management training program. Then I became a branch manager for a couple of years, opened a new branch in the Richmond area, which was a cool experience, and then went into commercial lending. And after being there a total of 10 years, I had the chance to join the Virginia Bankers Association nearly 31 years ago now. And I had been active with their young bankers group and had gotten to know the association and thought it would be a cool opportunity to get to see banking through another lens. I had no idea that it would lead to all kinds of interesting career opportunities within the association. I didn't really know a lot about associations. And of course, what I know today is that in many respects, associations are leadership laboratories. Any of us who do a, an extensive amount of professional development offerings for our members, as we do at the VBA, in, in putting on so many training programs, we get to be the, the recipients of the training as well. And throughout my time at the VBA, I feel like I've been in a, in a leadership lab. I've had a lot of opportunities for leadership training, 
intentional and just by the nature of my job. And it's something that has appealed to me throughout my career, even back to when I was a very young man going through my leadership training series at the bank. It was something I felt maybe I could be a place where I could contribute and help others along as well. I love that. And I love the term leadership lab. And I think we're all in that bubble as we speak, whether we know it or not. I think that's right. You've obviously learned a lot over the career, how to be a leader, how to become a better leader, how to lead during good times and bad, I'm sure, particularly in the industry that you're working in. So how would you describe your leadership style and how has it evolved over time? Is it the same today as it was 10 years ago? I would say that at the core, it's the same because I'm, I'm driven by my core values. And, and one of those is to be a great leader and supporter, because I believe that leadership at the end of the day is about supporting others and providing decision support and helping others to, to reach their potential. And so a lot of support implicit in leadership. So my style is very centered in inclusive, team-oriented leadership also understanding that a leader also needs to be decisive. And there are times when being decisive is exactly how you should show up as a leader. But my style has probably been consistently that team-oriented, inclusive. And where is it different today from 10 years ago? I'm much more focused than I was, say, 15 years ago, around the time I was a young CEO here much more focused on listening and observing and making sure that me expressing in a random thought or idea doesn't change the course of a conversation simply because of the role I'm in. And so working on self-awareness for me has been an integral part of my quest to become a better leader with every day. I think listening is a huge part of leadership, that even the best leaders don't completely grasp. It's just this piece that we just take for granted. Are there any particular leaders that have influenced your approach? Oh my goodness, so many. My predecessor here at the VBA, who was the CEO for 23 years, I worked with him for 13 years until he retired and I became his successor. He certainly had a big influence on me and was very good at playing that observational role when I was younger and really driving toward outcomes, he was great at sometimes saying, let's just stop and reflect on where we are and on what we can learn from others around us. And that was influential and very helpful to me. But in the nature of, of the association business, I have a new chairman, volunteer, bank executive, board chairman, association chairman every year. And the whole time I've worked here, I've had a chance to work one-on-one with the chair. So that's 30, now 31 bankers as VBA chair and as leaders that I've been able to learn from. And the last 17 of those have been with me as the CEO, where that chair is really my partner for a year. But I get to observe one-on-one leadership styles in these chairs every year. And that's been so helpful to me in terms of just having that ability to observe and really take something away from that opportunity to build that relationship with a different leader every year. There have been so many banking leaders in my career here who have just been so generous with their time and their advice. 
And a lot of times the advice has gone something like this from someone who's a late career bank executive. Do as I say, not as I did, right? Be better at work-life balance than I was when I was your age. This would be someone in their 60s talking to me when I was in my 30s or 40s, right? Be better at work-life balance. Don't have a goal that stated or otherwise that on your tombstone, it will say went to meetings for a living. And so I'm very grateful for how much, how many leaders have shared with me based on their experiences. And so now I find myself later in my career wanting very much to do the same for others. Yeah, I want to hit on that in just a second. I, I will say that being an executive director or a CEO of an association, you sure do have the benefit from a leadership perspective because you have a new boss every single year, someone to learn from. And, and it sounds like you've grasped all of that in your vast career within the industry. Have you ever looked beyond your industry at what others are doing from a leadership perspective? Certainly. I like reading leadership books, and I think you can learn so much from reading about others. And sometimes it's as important to learn what not to do as a leader as it is to learn what to do. One example, the Steve Jobs biography. I think that's a great read for every leader. And Jobs, by his own admission, was really not a great leader. He was really an incredible visionary. He really is the reason we have the iPhone, iPad, i you name it these days, right? He saw it when no one else saw it. But in terms of how he showed up at his office at Apple every day, very erratic. Reading that book, and I'd like to think he would agree. Learn from me what not to do. And I think that's important. But I've read about various leaders over time, some of the historical books around presidents. And then I've had the opportunity in my career to be on other boards, other nonprofit association boards. Of course, the VSAE is one of them. And to observe leaders in those settings where the paradigm is flipped. I'm not the CEO. I'm a board member. And I'm involved supporting a CEO as a board member, which, by the way, has only made me better in my day job supporting my board members. So I think it's really important to observe leaders horizontally across industries and across different kinds of organizations to really get a sense of, oh, there seem to be these things that are in common, regardless of the industry, the kind of entity, the size of the entity. There's some things that are pretty common in terms of effective leadership. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where the benefit of organizations like VSAE come in, right? Because you can talk to your counterparts in all industries and see that you are bringing the same challenges and the same obstacles. And just to be able to talk to folks and find out how they overcame those challenges is hugely important. Yes, absolutely. So I want to discuss a little bit from a, a mentorship perspective. And it sounds like during your career, you have been mentored and taken bits and pieces from everyone and, and really have formulated who you are today as a leader within the space. But what advice would you have for aspiring leaders on finding and, and being a good mentor to others? First of all, surround yourself with mentors. And it's not something you can force, but it is something you can influence. If you have the opportunity to interact with someone 
who's got more experience than you in a role and a place that makes sense for where you are in your career, then ask, you know, would you have coffee with me once a month or once a quarter? I just want to be able to use you as a sounding board. If you don't think using the M word is the way to go, just be as simple as that. Hey, would you mind lending me some of your time? I know I can learn a lot from you. So surround yourself with mentors. Some will come to you. Some you might need to seek out, but it shouldn't ever feel like a forced thing in my mind. And then as you begin to reflect on how much you're benefiting or have benefited from having mentors in your career, then start thinking about where am I showing up as a mentor to others or how would I like to do that? And I actually think that it's a lot more natural of a process than there's a way to describe it in words. But I think if you have a desire for continuous learning and you want to be a leader and you want to be a better leader with every day that comes, then you really need to seek out mentors for yourself. And then to me, a natural part of leadership is what do I do to help others as others have helped me? And that's when you turn into from mentee to mentor although that also isn't like a necessarily sequential thing. I think of myself as having mentors to this day and people I learn from, and I have others who regard me as a mentor, and I'm like, that's the ideal situation. Right. I think both parties help each other, right? But the fact that the mentee is certainly as important to the mentor as it is vice versa. Yes, and for younger people in the workforce, if they're interested in, in having me as a mentor then yes, I want to do that because I like helping others develop in their careers. But I also, I, I can't have the perspective of someone 30 years or 20 years younger than I am. And so I get some tremendous value from getting a better sense of where they're coming from based on their life experiences, which are by definition different than mine. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to shift gears just a little bit. I think that obviously the last four years or so has really taught all of us that it's important to adapt to change, right? I don't think we'd yes. be around right now if we hadn't adapted to, to change four years ago. So can you tell me how you cultivate adaptivity within your team? Yes, we actually embrace the notion of continuous learning in our organization which leads to continuous change. I think you can't have one without the other. For example, an important part of our culture is after every event we have, a conference, a training event, a series of regional meetings around the state, whatever it might be, we'll debrief. We'll have everybody that was involved do a, a short debrief. What went well? What could have gone better? What do we want to do different and better next time based on what we've learned from this time? And so just by the nature of debriefing how an event went or a project or wh whatever it is, we are already changing how this is going to go next time. And so it's a kind of an, a continuous iteration of how we do things. And I think it's a wonderful question, Colby, and, and causes me to realize I haven't talked with the team here as much about how much we are actually causing change by nature of how we operate in our quest for continuous learning and improvement. But it's absolutely essential. And of course, our membership is changing. And so 
the only way that any association can succeed is to make sure that we continue to remain relevant to the ever-changing needs of our members, whoever they may be. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to pull the curtain back a little bit on our podcast. Obviously, we meet with you prior to hitting the record button and get to know you a little bit more. And something that was said during that pre-show that I want to touch on because I thought it was really cool. You talked about stay interviews, right? When someone leaves an organization, you do exit interviews, you find out why they're leaving. But your organization does stay interviews. Can you talk a little bit about those for us? Yeah, we don't do them as consistently as we should, but it is important to talk with people about what keeps you here. Why do you want to continue to work here as opposed to you've put in your notice, you're on your way out the door, and an exit interview can glean very valuable information. People tend to be more forthcoming on their way out the door of an organization than when they are are there. But I think it's a great exercise just from time to time, and it can even be informal between a supervisor and an employee to just have that discussion. What are the things that are really motivating you in your job right now? What are the things that have you excited about what we're doing and where we're going? And on the flip side, What are the challenges that you're experiencing? And then we do have structure around these kind of conversations without calling them stay interviews. What are the challenges? What are some things that where you need some help? And let's talk about what those are, all of it designed to create a more fulfilling environment for you as a value team member, but also as we're all doing this to create better, higher quality outcomes for our members. Yeah, I think this is just another great idea to build this positive culture that we all want to be a part of. That's right. And kudos to the the organization for putting something like that together. Because you're right, it doesn't necessarily have to be something formalized. Just having a one-on-one conversation, just having a cup of coffee with someone and just finding out where those challenges lie. Yep. Could go a long way. Definitely. So I want to talk a little bit about VSAE. First of all, how long have you been with the organization? I guess more or less 30 years, the length of time I've been at the VBA, I've been a VSAE member. So quite some time, my level of engagement has ebbed and flowed as is the nature of being a member of an association versus an unemployee of one. But it's a great resource for my community of professional associations. Why do you feel it's important for association executives to be a part of the VSAE community? And do you feel like it trickles down from the executive level into, again, going back to your team members, should they be a part of this as well? Yes. And a, a good number of our of my teammates are also VSAE members because the membership is individual in nature, not organizational. So the, the ones who we feel like are the, the, the ones who should be members and plugged in given their duties, their jobs at the VBA are members of the VSAE, it's practicing what you preach. As an association, we want our members to see value in all of the networking and professional development opportunities we provide to them. Don't we need the same thing for ourselves at an association? And it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes when I'm talking about the VSAE with a board member or a chair, I'll say it's the association for associations 
proving once and for all that there's an association for everything, right? But I think it's absolutely just uh, making sure that we are plugged into an organization whose interests are us, just like our interests are our members' interests. One of the programs of VSAE is the Association Leadership Virginia, which you did part in. Uh, You talk leadership within that program. For someone thinking about ALV, what qualities should someone have to consider applying for future cohorts within that program, in your opinion? Yes, in my opinion, because I don't want this to be the brochure that I am not, right? We've had several uh, VBA teammates go through the ALV program. We know, we see the value. I have, I've been asked to come and talk about leadership in every cohort, and I've enjoyed doing that. Uh, I think it's a great program. And to me, who should be interested in participating in ALV? It should be someone who works at an association and it's clicked. Hey, I like the association business. I can see the association business being my career. And I want to continue to grow my career within the association business. So if I'm given an opportunity to go through this leadership program, which is focused on enhancing my capabilities as an association staff leader, then I should be raising my hand. If I am someone who's after continuous learning and interested in leadership, I should be raising my hand. And so that describes a whole lot of people that I think really should be considering going through this experience. And by the way, we have similar programs at the VBA for bank employees. And so that mirror image thing I was talking about, this is another great example of that. Exactly. We've talked a lot about leadership, but Bruce, there's a lot more that makes uh, who you are. What other passions do you have? My family. I'm very blessed with a a wife of 29 years and, and three adult children. And we love spending time with our kids. And I've always really enjoyed travel. And of course, I travel in my day job, but then we also travel, uh, my wife and I and our family, at every opportunity as well. I've always loved music and grew up in a musical family. And so I still play the guitar every now and then, but really enjoy. We go to a lot of concerts and we have music playing in our house quite often. It's not daily, pretty darn close to daily. Reading, I read a lot of books, and some of them are leadership books. Uh, I'd say a handful a year, but the vast majority of reading I do is just to unplug, and it's a lot of fiction, some historical fiction. So I, I do a lot of reading. And then I'm a preacher's kid. My my father was a career-long United Methodist minister, and I used to tell him after I'd been at the VBA for a while that the absolute best preparation I could have had to lead a volunteer membership organization was to be his son, because what I saw him do in churches where he was the pastor was drive people toward consensus and a shared cause, a lot of facilitating. And I've realized in my career how much I learned from him. And so speaking of key mentors, uh, my dad tops that list. Excellent. And one more thing, Bruce, you're a Virginian. What keeps you here? 
I've lived here almost all my life. I mentioned that I was a preacher's kid. When I was a young child, my parents took our family to Chile, and we lived there in South America for five years and came back when I was in elementary school. But I was born in Virginia, been in Virginia all my life, and I have seen the Commonwealth continue to grow and evolve. And thinking about it from a banker's lens, we have a strong, diverse economy, and that is one that has served Virginians. We have a lot of diversity. The uh, Northern Virginia fed so much by federal government, military in Hampton Roads. We're a huge state in agriculture. A lot of times people don't think about that. And to connect it all to VSAE and the association community, we see all of that play out in VSAE membership. And also for those of us VSAE members that are active in lobbying at the General Assembly, we see all this come together at the General Assembly with all these different associations that represent the wide diversity of the Virginia economy and the Virginia experience. I think it's a great place to, to live. It's been a wonderful place to raise a family. And I think we've got a lot of very positive things going on here. Bruce, thank you for sharing your insights today, your insights into leadership, mentorship, and obviously your passions here at the end. So we appreciate your time. Thank you, Colby. I enjoyed it very much and I look forward to connecting another time soon. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of VSAE Connections. Join us each month as we continue our conversations with VSAE members about life, work, and the communities they serve. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on behalf of VSAE, I'm Colby Horton. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.